Rewire is our series, and what rewire means, in fact, if you look up a definition of rewire, one of the definitions is this, to make lasting and usually beneficial changes to the neurological and psychological functioning of a person's or person's brain. It's, make, it's making lasting, and this is what the series is all about, is making lasting changes to the way we think. Because one of the biggest problems we have is that, that we, we are very undisciplined with our thinking. We really are. We're so bad at our, our thinking. I'm really bad. I'm really undisciplined. But, and, but the way that God made you, he made, he, He's given you the ability to overcome. And He's given you this amazing gift called the mind. Have, have you ever been to a place when you're talking to somebody and your mind wanders? Ever been there? Like, I'm talking to you right now and your mind's already wandering, Right? <laughs> And what your mind is wondering, this is what this is, because we've got this ability that quantum science or quantum physics says calls superposition. And, the, and, and I, I learned that when I studied um, quantum physics at university. No, 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 not at all. We have this ability called superposition. And what superposition is, is the ability where we can step back and, and evaluate what we're saying, what we're, say, what we're saying, what we're thinking, and, and like, mm, am I being very too critical? Maybe I need to calm it down a bit. And we're having a conversation, and at the same time, we're having a conversation with ourselves. That's called superposition. And we do this all the time. Like, you're listening to me. You're, you're, you're actively listening to me. At the same time, you're having a conversation going on in your mind right now about something else. You're thinking, should I have McDonald's or should I go KFC right now after, after the service? And, and you're probably thinking, man, if I, if I do go to KFC, I better go before Pastor Ants go in case there might not be any chicken. You know, we've got, we've got all these kind, of, these kind of conversations going on. Or, or somebody might, might mention something, and it triggers a memory in our thinking. Right, and, and, and so, like for me, it's whenever I eat a mince pie. Does anybody eat mince pies? Who likes mince pies? Great. Anybody, anybody prefer steak and cheese over mince and cheese? I, I'm, a, I'm a steak and cheese man. I'm a steak man. I'm not a mince. I don't like eating mince pies, but I will eat it if I'm starving and there's nothing else to eat. <laughs> I will eat it. But whenever I eat mince pie, it triggers a memory. And it triggers a memory of when I was growing up, when we used to eat, my mum used to cook mint stew with peas in it, just with salt and water. That was all we had in there. And who remembers those days? Old school days. And I didn't like eating it. And so the way my mum would make me eat, he, she would, has anybody been force fed as a kid? Anyone force fed? Come on, yeah, come on, represent. And so the way my mum would do, she'll have the silver spoon with the food in one hand, and she'll have a wooden spoon in the other. Okay, anybody who's been, you know what talk, anybody? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so, because of that, I don't eat mince pies. I don't like mince. Mince pies reminds me of that, it triggers a memory. And so we all have these kind of triggers, it's good or bad, good or bad triggers. And so this series rewires changing the way we think. And because let me tell you something, you, are, you have 100% control of the way you think. You really do. Because you've been, you've been taught a lie, I've been taught a lie, saying that, 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 that we don't have the power to change the way we think. Well, you do. God made you, God made you, gave you the ability to change the way you think. See, like, like we're all victims of someone else's bad mistakes, right? And, and quite often we defer responsibility. Well, the way I am, reason why I'm like this is because I, I didn't have a father. And if I had a father, I wouldn't be like this. And we, and we make victims of ourselves. And, and, but you have the ability to, to change the way you think. 
Because when we decide to take responsibility with our thinking or responsibility for who we are, then we defer it. We defer it to somebody else. Defer it to some, some, um, someone else what, what they did to us. Or, or, you know, or the, oh, the reason why I talk like this, the reason why I'm harsh, because that's who I am. I, 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 I'm, 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 you know, if you don't like it, tough, but that's just the way I'm wired. Well, no, you're just being rude. You guys know people like that? And, they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they, we justify it. For, oh, that's just the way I am. No, no, it's not, because you have 100% control of the way you think. That's good. And we cannot take away responsibility. We, we, we defer it to, to something else. Well, it's just, well, it's just the way I was brought up. No, you're just being rude, and you're just looking for, you're taking away responsibility from your action. And we need, to, we need to take responsibility for the way we think, how we react, and, 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 and not become victims, because we make ourselves victims. Well, you know, it was my upbringing. I didn't have much. My mum used to hit me with a wooden spoon if I didn't eat my mints. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I'm, you know. Um, like, you know, I heard the story of um, this guy who went to court. And, um, and he was in there for a lot of robberies and, and his upbringing. And the, and the judge said, why, why are you like this? And he said, well, it's not my fault. I, I, uh, it's because it, well, I was conditioned to be like this. It's my, my dad used to beat me. He would beat me and beat me and beat me, and that's who I am today. And the judge thought about it, and he goes, well, well, who, who, you know, who can I send you to? Well, don't send me to my dad. He beats me. How about your family? Well, they beat me too. And then he, so the judge thought about it, so he decided, you know what? I'm going to send you to the Wallabies because they don't beat anybody. <laughs> we need to take responsibility for what we think. You, you have 100% control of your thinking. You do. We all do. We defer it to, so it's, we make ourselves victims of our own thinking. And it's time to change. It's time to take hold of the giftings and call that God has called for each one of us. You know, the real you, your brain is wired for love. But I, I, I love what, what, what Jesus, what he begins to teach the people about how we take, how we defer responsibility. Because quite, quite often, as a, as a pastor, I pray for a lot of people. And, and they come to me for some issues that they're going through, and we pray that for the power of God to come upon them, to be released and set free. Then one week later, they're back again, and, we're, and, then, and they're asking for the same prayer again. And, and what happens is that you come up, and God will do something. God moves. You, you feel the, the, the power of God. But, but, uh, but then they go away, and they don't think about it. They don't take responsibility for their thinking. They don't bear to apply God's Word upon their lives. And, and, and for a couple of days, they feel good. They think they've overcome. But then all of a sudden, Wednesday comes along, and they feel frustrated. They're back into it again. Have you been there before? Well, you feel like you've been set free. God, pray for me. Release me. And, and, and you're praying. You're, you're on your bed praying. And Lord, take this away from me. And then you feel the power of God come into your life. And yes, I'm set free. And everything's going good. And then a couple of days later, boom, rock bottom. You're back into it again. And you're confused. You're frustrated. And think, God, what are you doing? I thought you set me free. Why am I feeling like this? Well, God sets you free, but you've taken responsibility and you've deferred it. God, I've set you free. I've created you to overcome. And, and, and the reason why you're feeling like this is because you haven't allowed my word to penetrate your heart, to, to, to uh, allow me to, to uh, come daily before me, come daily before the throne of God. And you've just walked away and, and we've deferred it and we just want this magic prayer, this mag the magic bullet to, to take it all away. But God says, look, I didn't create you like that. 
I've created you with the ability to overcome. And, and Jesus, he's teaching, and he, and he says this in, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. He says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through an, an arid place of seeking rest and does not find it. And, and you know, when, when God sets us free, we've, we, you know, he sets us free, right? And, and, and we should celebrate that. But when we don't take responsibility, this begins to happen to us. And, and it, then he goes on to say, then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when, when it arrives, it finds that the house is unoccupied, swept, clean, and put in order. Then it goes and it takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Have, have you been there before where you feel like you've overcome, and all of a sudden you feel, now you just hit rock bottom and it's getting worse? It's because we refuse to take responsibility. We've deferred it to God. God, it's your fault. Or maybe the person who prayed me wasn't spiritual enough. Maybe, you know, he's just wearing that tough money. Maybe he wasn't that tough after all. I, I don't know, you know. And we defer. We haven't taken response. We haven't, we haven't been, uh, we don't sit down and we don't begin to work on this daily. Bible says to meditate on Scripture day and night. But we, we, we just do it once and she'll be right, mate. And that's the attitude. She'll be, and I, I do feel that there's some of the blame does need to come from the pulpit, from the front. Because I do feel that sometimes we just feel, you know, just need to say that prayer and you'll be set free. Come on, let me just lay holy hands on you. You'll be set free. But we forget to tell you is that, hey, come on, it doesn't just stop there. It means you need to keep going before the presence of God. You need to, you need to boldly come before Him and you need to boldly go before Him and daily go before Him. We forget that part and, we just, and then we just get reliant on the, on, the, on the senior leader or the prayer team to lay hands on it and we take no responsibility. And we're frustrated. Anybody being frustrated, being stuck somewhere that you don't want to be? And it's so easy to blame everything else. So easy to blame the devil. Man, how's your week? Oh, it's been really hard. The devil's really been attacking me. No, you haven't taken responsibilities. Don't blame the devil. Don't give him credit for something he can't do. We give the devil too much power. It's time for us to, to, uh, to take back take back this lie that's been spoken over our lives. And, and, and I love, what, I love what, what Paul says. He's, he's talking to Timothy, one of the up-and-coming young um, pastors. And, and 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You haven't got a spirit of fear. Some of us are sitting in this room thinking, my, my life is so fearful. I'm, I'm, I, just, I think I'm wired for fear. I'm, I, have, I have anxieties. I have all these things. God didn't make you that way. You weren't created to be fearful. What a God, how did God create you? But, but he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power. And what? And power and of love and a sound mind. Your gift, your greatest gift God ever gave you is not the fact that you play the piano really well. Your gift isn't that dead. You're able to take an electric shock to the head and get back up and keep walking. That's not the greatest gift God ever gave you. The greatest God, gift that God gave you is your thinking. Because he's given you power, he's filled it with love, and he's made it sound. We do not need to live a life of fear. Fear is taught. We, we learn fear. That wasn't, in fact, science has proven that your brain, this is a science term, this is, a, this is the science word for how your brain is wired. The science term is this. Your brain is wired for love. That's the science term. Your brain is wired for love. What I love about that is that, that, that science has just discovered what the Bible's been telling us for a very long time. Science is just catching up. 
Well, what the Bible is saying, that your brain is wired for love. So, when it, so, so it, it secretes chemicals and hormones and, and all sorts of things, and it's love and it's positivity and it's all these things. But when you start having these negativities, these negative thoughts, your brain doesn't know what to do with it. So it begins to overpump this chemical here. It tries to create it, but it can't. And there's an imbalance in our thinking because we weren't wired for that. We weren't wired for, for fear, but for love, for love, power, and a sound mind. See, the real you, the real you is all the good things that you do. Think about it. Because you might be sitting in this room right now and you think, well, my life is nothing but bad. I do this bad. I do, this happens. I keep being harsh to that person. I keep being judgmental to that person. But that's not the real you. Because the Bible says God didn't create you like that. He didn't create you like that. In fact, science even proves it. You weren't even created like that. So the real you this is the real you. Every time you speak a positive word, every time you think a positive thing, every good thing you do, that's the real you. That's the real you. You need to tell yourself the truth. You need to, we need to tell ourselves the truth. Uh, that you are, you know, God, when God created you, he created you for good. That's what you know, Scripture tells us, for good. You weren't created just to be, to mope around, to woe is me. That's a negative thought. That's of, the, that's of the devil. That's of yourself. We need to take responsibility that you have the very, you have the power to overcome. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Because every action that we do, every thought we have, it's a manifestation. It's a manifestation. When we play the, play the piano, it's a manifestation of our thoughts. Every negative thing we do is a manifestation of negative thoughts, toxic thoughts that affect us. Come on. See, your, your mind your mind affects your brain. Your brain and your mind, they're not the same thing. They're different. Your mind and brain is too different. Your, your brain is like 1% physical. Your mind is 99% physical. Your mind directly affects the brain. And when you make a, the right decision, your body tells you. Did you know that? So when you make the right decision, you feel like you feel the peace. You feel like, you know, like, like, Whew, I feel good. I made the right decision. You know that. But when we make wrong decisions, your body tells you. Your heart starts beating really fast. You get the adrenaline for the wrong reasons. Like you feel crammed up. You feel anxious. You, you have all these negative feelings. That's your body telling you you've made a wrong decision. You weren't wired for that. Your body tells you. For God didn't, didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Sound mind. Amen. Isn't that so good? I love what Paul says to the church in Corinth. He says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. See, this is, this is what we need to do. Let me tell you, this is, this is, here's something practical. This is a practical thing that you can do. Every 10 seconds, and how, when's every 10 seconds? Now, wait, wait, wait another 10 seconds. Now, okay, every 10 seconds, we need to take captive our thinking, take captive our thought. You know, as, uh, as, as, a, as a pastor, when I'm, when I'm talking to guys and men, and, and, they, and if, you, if, you, if you're a male, you struggle with this, right? So you, you, see, you see this, this, this figure normally has long legs and, and long hair, or whatever it is. And, and, and if you don't take captive your thought, if you let that thing run right, uh, right in your thinking, it, it, gets, it gets in there and you begin to have these toxic thoughts. Sometimes we take the responsibility away. I've heard when I'm talking to people, they go, oh, you know, that's just the way we're wired. 
That's who we are, so I might as well enjoy God's creation. No, that's a lie, you perv. You know that. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's a lie. We need, to, we need to tell ourselves the truth. We need to take captive every thought. When you see somebody, a thought pops into your mind. Before it gets to the conscious, we need to take captive. I'm being this under Christ, and it's gone. Whatever it is, for, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, maybe you see somebody and you go, there's that person there. Soon as that thought pops in, take captive every thought and bend it to Christ. There's a child of God. They love, God loves this person. I love them too. Every thought, every bad behavior. You know, you have the ability. You have the power. We've got to take captive. We, we're very undisciplined with our thinking. We really are. God didn't create you like that. We need to take captive every thought. Every thought that comes to mind. And you might be sitting and thinking, well, that's going to be exhausting. That's exhausting to take. How, how am I going to take care of the, oh, I'll be tired. Let me tell you, you're doing it right now. Every 10 seconds, that's superposition. We, we think about it. We do it. It's so natural for us to do, but we're just undisciplined. All I'm asking you to do is submit it to Christ. Because wow. you think every 10 seconds, you're thinking, you take captive. Do I want that? Do I want to make it in my conscious? We make all these, we're making choices nonstop, constantly. All I'm asking you to do is submit it to Christ. It's the most natural thing you do. You do it every single day. You're doing it right now. You're thinking about it. You're making a choice. Am I going to listen to that, that weird guy with that orange bracelet on his hand? He looks weird uh, or not. You know, you're thinking right now. We're going to take captive every thought and bend it to Christ. This is what I believe. I believe that prayer, I believe prayer doesn't, prayer doesn't, Produce a life of breakthrough. That's what I believe. And you're sitting there going, what? Prayer won't tra- doesn't transform you. It doesn't transform you. It doesn't transfer you to a life of breakthrough. It won't do that. But this is what I believe. Intentional prayer leads to a life of breakthrough. Intentional prayer. It's take, re- taking responsibility for the way I'm thinking. It's not like I'm just going to say a prayer uh, uh, thank you, Jesus, God, and I don't think about it ever again. I'm deferring my responsibility. But intentional prayer, that I'm going before God, uh, and we're being honest with God. We don't need to hide. Too many of us hide our feelings to God. Or we're struggling. You've been struggling, and I just don't want God to know. God knows. You can't hide your thoughts on God. Who are we kidding? We're just fooling ourselves. We can't fool God. But be honest with your feelings honest and get God. And you know what I love? The greatest example, the greatest example of a person who did this, who was honest with his feelings that, that he was struggling. He was struggling and, and the weight on him was so hard that he was honest. And it's directly from the Bible. You know who that person was? His name was Jesus. Have you heard of him? His name was Jesus. And Jesus models this. I love it. I love what Jesus says. Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 46. This is the night that Jesus was betrayed. They've just had a good feed. He's just finished washing his disciples' feet. Verse 39 says this, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Come on. Be intentional with your prayer. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. 
knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, more intentionally. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Here's Jesus, the Savior, honest before God. See, we're all victims of someone else's bad decisions. But how do we deal with it? And Jesus was a victim of our bad decisions. How did Jesus deal with this in love? And he was honest before the Father. Lord, take this cup from me. I'm in anguish. He was honest. But not your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. All I'm asking you is to be honest with God. Lord, I'm struggling with my feelings. and I'm struggling, Lord. And, and like, I'm not saying just, not just a one day a week. No, I'll, just, I'll do one prayer and she'll be right, mate. You know, you, know, you know what science tells us? This is really quick. I'm going to, do, I'm going to get kind of sciencey. Is that okay? When I was studying, um, no, <laughs> I'm thinking sciencey. I, I, a lot of my material I pulled from a person called, remember this person's name, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a neuroscientist. Have a look. She's got great material. And this is, this is her research. This is science. So whenever, whenever your mind, your mind affects the brain. So whenever your mind does what it does and it produces healthy healthy um, uh, memory, it kind of secretes proteins and proteins begins to affect the brain and it creates what looks like healthy trees. That's what in your brain is all these, these healthy trees and it, does, and it looks like that. It actually looks like a healthy tree. It's growing, it's luscious. It's a positive thought. Your, your mind affects the brain and, and it's, these proteins go out and it creates this, this amazing thought. But every time we think negative thoughts, your brain, it, it doesn't know how to do this. It compensates and it, and, and it actually produces a, a toxic thought and it looks like a, and it looks like this this is a, a toxic thought and what we're actually doing is we're 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 we're, we're giving us we're we're forming brain damage in our brains whenever we think negatively we actually damage our brains that's what we're doing this is what it actually looks like can we show this negative tree this this is what a, this here this is these are toxic trees this is what they actually look like in our brain and it damages us. We get anxiety. We get clammed up. We got all these, and it affects our whole body. We feel paralyzed. But here's the good news: God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Give us the power to change the way we think. But of love and a sound mind. And when you think in the Bible, these these two numbers I want you to remember: three and seven. Three is a biblical number. It talks of the Trinity and many other things. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And seven represents spiritual completion. God rested on the seventh day, which is why we had seven kids. We weren't quite complete. But this is what intentional prayer is. Science has proven that intentional prayer, not just a one-off prayer, but intentional prayer actually changes your brain physically changes your brain. This is the power of prayer on your life. This is the power that you have that most of us, we don't, even, we don't even scratch the surface of it. We just continue to allow these toxic thoughts on our thinking, but we have the power to change this. But when we intentionally come before God, how long, do we, how long should we spend with God? What I, want, I, I want us to do this journey together. 
16 minutes a day. Can you spend 16 minutes a day? Could be your lunch break, go to your car, sit down on your car. And as you're sitting there, whatever, and, and I want you to just, don't do anything, just, just think and imagine. Think and imagine, like right now. And, 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 and begin to ask yourself questions and discuss in your thinking. What is it? Identify it. And, you, and then you identify what the issue is. Maybe it's, maybe it's, um, maybe it's finances. I don't know. Finances. It's struggling with finances. You've identified it. It's a toxic tree. Let me tell you what's on. As soon as you identify it, when you take it out of the darkness, you bring it into light, all of a sudden the tree weakens. Science X show it becomes, it weakens the tree. Just even the fact that you identified it, you brought it into the light. And then you begin to have this discussion with God, deep thinking. Identify the root of this cause. It goes, maybe, you know, sometimes the Lord take away all my finances, help me win lotto. God doesn't do that. He's giving you the power to think that. And then you thought, wait, well, it's, maybe it's my spending. And, and, God, and you begin to work through with God. And when you do this, three times seven, when you do this every day, 16 minutes a day, three times seven, 21 days, this is what happens. This is what literally happens in your brain. Those toxic thoughts that, have been, have been, that you've been battling with, it literally mounts away. When we take responsibility for our thinking, when we're intentional about our prayer, and we begin to replace it with positive trees, positive, positive, it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, and all of a sudden we're here, we've got something we can work with, and this negative tree, it's, it's, it's there, and, and all of a sudden you, you, you've replaced it, and you, you've, you, you have physically changed your brain, physically, because God has, has designed you that way. Because you brought it into the light, you begin to deal with it. And you know, and it's just not just, I love what the Bible says. It says, confess your sins to one another. That's what he says. He says, James says this, therefore confess your, confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other so that you may be what? You may be healed. Because that's what it does. We bring things into the light. Find someone you trust where you can freak out in the love zone. You're completely safe. Freak out. Look, yeah, man, I'm struggling with this. This is why we say get, get, get part of a connect group. That's why we have connect groups, so we, can, so we can get to a place where we trust one another, so we can just freak out. Hey, I, hey, you know, hey, Ryan, I just want to freak out in love zone with you. Is that okay? Just make sure they understand what you mean. That sounds a bit weird. Whoa. Oh, when you're before God. And we, can we go back to that other tree? And we end up in this place. There's 21 days, three times seven. We got this. We replaced it. But you know what? It doesn't just stop there. Oh, great. I'm, I'm going to live life. Everything's all good for me. Ha ha. I'm happy, happy. But you know what? It is three times that process. Three times that process, and then you have now formed a positive habit, something that's strong, something that's sustainable, that will continue to grow and add to it. 63 days. And goes, well, that's too long. Well, how long have you been in your issue? How long have you deferred responsibility? I know, I've deferred lots of responsibility. And I want, to, I want to ask church, will you join with me for 21 days? If you're part of our Facebook family, we've got a Facebook group. If you're not, go to Facebook and invite yourself. It's, it's a church private group. And I, for, for the next 21 days, I want to put some keys there to help us change the way we think. It will take 16 minutes per day. Do it during your lunch break or whatever it is, wherever you find um, but you're not doing anything but sitting, okay? Sitting. I'm going to put stuff down there on Facebook. You know, will you journey with me for 21 days? And then another 21. And then another 21. 
Come on, church. It's time to take, let's take responsibility. It's time for me to be, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. You haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so you know what mounts this? You know what mounts this toxic thought? One word. Love. Love mounts the toxic thoughts because you are wired for love.